Well, welcome once again to Voice of Reason Radio. Your host, yes, just the singular host, Chris Honholtz, joining you this week. It is Saturday, July 31st, 2021. Yes, I am solo this week. My poor buddy Rich is just having one of those weeks where, uh, well, let's just say that if you're a company building a store where you generally buy things for a dollar or more, maybe a nice thing to do for the neighborhood that you're building in is not to point your floodlight at the neighbor's windows at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Yes, that's what he's going through right now. Uh, if you are someone who shops at stores that you can generally buy things for a dollar, maybe let them know that they're if in, in uh, Mathis and Mississippi, they've got some people building for them that are just mm, they're not the nicest folks. That's my opinion. <laughs> anyway, th but that being uh, that being the case, poor Rich is just not getting the rest that he needs. Uh, he's getting woken up at very strange hours, lots of noise, lots of light, floodlight coming in. And yes, as far as I know, he's been putting up uh, curtains and stuff. But when you have the sun blazing in at 3 in the morning, that's a little bit difficult to to, uh, to deal with. And if you know my buddy Rich, you know he deals with a lot of physical disability. So lack of rest only exacerbates those issues. So please be praying for him. Pray for rest. Pray for some, um, I don't know, maybe just a little bit of favor with some very unreasonable people. And hopefully he will be back with us next week. So I'm doing this kind of solo, which means I'm doing it earlier than usual uh, on a Saturday. Uh, normally we either try to do these on a Friday night or do them in the evenings on a Saturday. But I figure to spare my family a, a little bit of headache, I'd get this punched out early in the morning. That way we can get on with some uh, some things we have to take care of today. So glad to be with you. So grateful that you guys join us each and every week. If you are new to Voice of Reason Radio, I just want to explain to you what uh, the nature of our program is. Normally, it is myself and my buddy Rich, two people who just love Christ, love uh, his word, love the body of Christ, love the church, and we just try to talk about various topics from a biblical perspective. Our two stated goals have always been to glorify God, which if we don't do that, it doesn't matter what else we accomplish. Glorifying God comes first and foremost. And to edify the saints. And of course, primarily your edification comes from your local body, your church. You go there to uh, pray together, sing together, study together, to build each other up and benefit one another, to discipline one another, and to call one another to repentance and strengthen one another. So that's where you're primarily going to be edified, but we hope in some small tertiary way we can be of a edifying source for you. So that's our intent with this program is just to have a conversation between two Christian brethren who want to honor God by honoring his word. So that's the intent of our program. Now, we are part of the Christian podcast community. That is a a uh, conglomeration of numerous podcasts that if you go and check it out, you just go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org. Did I get that right, Andrew? Let me look this up. I want to make sure I'm telling you right. But if you go there, yes, podcast.strivingforeternity.org, you will always find a really good set of programs there that you can listen to, and they vet everything that comes in. So it's not like you're going to have... 90% good in this 10% that's way off on left field. They vet everyone coming in. So it is a, a good conglomeration. And even if you don't agree with everybody on there, you'll always find something that will benefit, benefit you. So we hope that you would check it out, check out the podcast, and share that site with others so that others can benefit from those programs. Now, as far as our program goes, Voice of Reason Radio, you can always find everything that's new and up-to-date 
about our show on our website, slavetothekeng.com. If you go there, you'll find articles, you'll find our links to our RSS feeds, our social media, and you can stream this program from that website directly. So slavetothekeng.com. That is where you, it's kind of our one-stop shop, so to speak. You can contact us, you can find what's new and up to date, and like I said, all our links to social media, etc. So really encourage you to check that out. And in the day and age when we know that the tech overlords are out there trying to shut things down, I'd recommend go up there and sign up for the email updates because if you can't, if we suddenly get kicked off of Apple Podcasts or we suddenly can't be found in your Google search engine, which is always a possibility the way things are going these days, I recommend you at least get set up that way because you have something new and up to date and the RSS links will allow you to drop this podcast into any uh, podcast app of your choosing. So again, slavetothekeng.com, check that out. Now, we always welcome contact from our listeners. It's not something we hear a lot of because we understand everybody's pretty busy and we mostly communicate via social media. But if you want to get in touch with us, not only can you go to the website, you can go to voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com. We are happy to hear from you. Now, if you're going to come in and kind of just lambast and troll and, well, especially if you're going to use any kind of foul language, there's a particular bin we will put that email in and uh, it will be appropriately filed. It's called the trash bin. <laughs> but if you have legitimate questions, comments, concerns, even complaints, we will happily hear them. We always say, however, if you want to come at us and disagree with us, Bring your Bible verses and bring them in context. Don't just cherry pick and throw something at us and say, well, uh, judge not lest you be judged. Well, we'll just tell you what Paul Washer tells people when they say that. Twist not scripture lest you be like Satan. So uh, if you want to talk to us and you want to talk to us from a scriptural basis, then I highly recommend bring your Bible verses, but bring them in context. That's our, our encouragement to you in those regards. Now, a couple other quick things here. Uh, we do have official Voice of Reason radio gear that you can get from doctrineandlife.co. That has our uh, current the shirts that you can get from our for our program that you can wear and promote the program to others. And I'll, and I said this in a previous program. We actually have a listener who did exactly that. Bought the T-shirt, wore the T-shirt, talked to a couple of Christians who hadn't heard about the show, and by the time he was done talking to them because of the shirt, they were uh, subscribers to the program. That is a great way for you to promote and endorse the show. And all it takes is buying a t-shirt. And hopefully, if things continue to go as they have been, we may have some additional gear coming out. I believe uh, possibly we're looking at maybe even having hoodies by the time fall or winter rolls around. So, doctrineandlife.co. You can find our gear. You can find gear for Alpha and Omega Ministries, uh, Dividing Line Radio Program, and also our good uh, friend, Pastor Gabe Hughes. His program, Well What, also has t-shirts there. So not just ours, but a variety of them. So go check out doctrineandlife.co. You will definitely find some great gear there. So all the initial announcements out of the way, because always terrible about doing that. Oh, and one more thing. If you are interested in helping this program, just continue to do what it does to pay the little bitty bills that we do have. We have a Patreon uh, page. You can go to our slavetothekeng.com website. You can find the link to our Patreon. And that's between you and God. If you want to do that, that's up to you. Uh, we're not going to beg. We're not going to plead. We're just going to say, hey, it's there. And we'll leave it to you guys to decide if you want to be able to do that. Okay. I think I got all the initial announcements out of the way. And it still took that almost 10 minutes <laughs> that Rich and I normally 
would be uh, would normally be doing have a little bit of banter back and forth, but it seems we just have a lot more announcements than usual these days. But we are grateful to be able to share that with all of you. Now, what am I going to be talking about today? Well, this is going to be a little bit different, a little bit more off the cuff. Um, but I put something out yesterday on social media, and it's gotten a little bit of attention, a little bit of legs to it. And so I thought I'd share it with you guys. Now, you know that primarily what we do on the show, if you've been a regular listener, we don't spend a lot of time getting into politics, uh, national type stuff, unless it rolls over into theological concerns. However, as a Christian living in a nation that's ostensibly free, that is a uh, has liberty and protections for the uh, for the people that live in it. <clears throat> I think anybody paying attention over the la- course of the last year recognizes there's been a lot of threat to our liberties. And so watching what I've been watching going on, I put something out that I felt was important to share. So I want to go through that because I am concerned about the direction this nation has been headed for quite some time and where we are now. And it's important because we're Christians living in this society. We are first and foremost citizens of heaven. All right. If you are a born-again Christian, if you genuinely have been purchased by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, your primary citizenship is in heaven. doesn't matter where you are in the world. You can be in the worst dictatorship ever, but you are a citizen of heaven. You may be facing the worst kinds of persecution, but you are a citizen of heaven. And one day, no matter what happens here, no matter how bad it gets, our hope and our joy is the eternal life in heaven that we have with Jesus Christ. But while we are here, we still have to live and be part of this world. Now, a lot of this will not have application for people outside the United States. Some who live in Western nations, this will have some application to you. So I'm speaking primarily to our listeners here in America. If the, if you feel that this is, well, maybe this isn't beneficial to you, I understand that. And I'm not going to be upset if you, if you feel this one isn't one you want to share or this uh, maybe you're not going to... Tune in as much as you would another program. So I understand that. But I am speaking primarily to probably the biggest source of our listeners, which is here in the United States. So I'm going to read through something. I want you to think about what I'm saying. And then I want to talk about why I think these things are important. Why are these threats to liberty so important? And what have we forgotten in this world? Now, I, I grant you this up front. Excuse me, I'll take a drink here. I grant you this up front. We are in a darkened world. We do not have the mind of Christ outside of Jesus Christ. We are going to think differently because our nature is different. And so the things that I talk about, yeah, Chris, not a big shock. This is a sinful world. Why would you be concerned? Well, I'm still concerned because I still live here. I'm still concerned because my children will live here. And I'm still concerned that one day because their children will be living here. And so while we still have a voice, and that will be limited, I believe, I think we should have the freedom to use it, and we should, to an extent. Every Christian is going to have to decide for themselves to how far they want to get involved in these discussions. But every one of us has the primary duty of proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, being a part of the local church, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in. But while we still have the the chance... I think it's important to talk about these things. I think it's important because liberty is something God has blessed this nation with. And we have, in the past, been a great source of exporting the gospel because of those freedoms. Not so much today. 
now we export a lot of uh, immorality, sinfulness, and downright false teaching. But while we still have time, I think it's important that we, we recognize the concerns and the threats. And I'll actually uh, respond to one particular complaint that I had when I shared this post just yesterday and, and, and why that one's also important to take into consideration. So with that said, let me start with what I wrote. This is a uh, just a brief post. It was, well, on Twitter, I think it lasted 13 tweets. <laughs> um, a little bit easier to read on my Facebook page, but I'll just read through this and I want you to think about it as I read it. So what I said was this. I never thought I would live to see the day that this once great nation would become a people under tyrannical rule. And even worse, that I would see a day when people not only welcomed such tyranny, but demanded it. Tyranny because we are afraid. Tyranny because we might become sick. Tyranny in the name of protecting us from ourselves is tyranny still. And so much of this is because we have forgotten to, that to live is to be at risk. There is no risk-free life. Walking out of our doors every day demands that we take risks. To walk across the street, to drive down the road, to go to work, to go to the store, all of it incurs risk. One can be hit by a car, be involved in an accident, incur an on-the-job injury, or buy food that is contaminated. There is no time when there is not risk. And we, since we live in a world where illness exists and will always exist, risk of getting sick is always present. Life is risk. Yes, we take the personal responsibility to mitigate risk, but that's the thing. It is our personal responsibility. I have to be one of them to make those choices. I have to look both ways. I have to watch where I'm driving. I have to make safe choices at work. I have to be careful about the products I buy. And I have to be careful not to go out if I'm not feeling well. Life is risk, but we, can take, we take responsibility to be as safe as we can so as not to neg negatively impact others. Yeah, but others won't be responsible. Yes, this is correct. That is also risk. And in a free society, we accept that such people live and work alongside us, that we know they may not make the best choices, that sometimes their actions negatively affect us and others. But the risk is worth the freedom, because that's what freedom is, risk. We live in a free society because we know that tyrannical rule is true, never truly concerned about what's best for us, but what most benefits our rulers. We've seen it time and again. It's simply historical fact. So yes, risk exists in a free society. It's a, it's a price we pay to be free from slaves to tyranny. But we've forgotten this. We are insulated by years of prosperity. We think even the slightest discomfort means that the free society has failed us. We ignore decades of growth in our ethics and morals from the past to assume it is all a failure. The greatest, most free, and most prosperous nation in the world must be failing us because we are not all experiencing what we think we deserve. We have some of the greatest medical advances in history, but because someone gets ill, because others could possibly get ill, our nation has failed. Because illness can often lead tragically to death, our nation ha must have failed. When a new virus appears, we suddenly believe that we must surrender all freedom because illness can lead to death, something that has always happened historically and can never be completely mitigated or eradicated. Still, we must surrender all freedom to make things magically change because we no longer believe in risk, because we no longer desire to be free. I never thought I would see this day, and it utterly breaks my heart. Many will read this and declare that I'm the problem, I, that I don't care that I, that I want people to die. Nothing could be further from the truth. I know what tyranny brings. I know it comes in a bright-colored bow promising peace and rainbows. But it, what it brings is poverty, enslavement, misery, and death. So I do care. I care about my family, my kids, my loved ones, my co-workers, and my friends. 
They care that their liberties are being taken from them so, so that tyrannical leaders may rule. I care that this is done because they are being told the risk is too great. I am concerned that one day they will never be able to live freely because we all became too scared to take risks. So that's what I posted. What did you think? I'd love to hear from you on that. You can contact us at voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com. But before you punch that out, let's talk about this a little bit. Why is a Christian radio program talking about liberty and risk? And, well, there's a COVID crisis going on, and shouldn't you be concerned about loving your neighbor and protecting others? And, you know, Chris, you talk about personal choices, but some of those personal choices, well, there's laws that involve that. So you shouldn't, you should, if you really believe this, you should not care about those laws. Yep, those are all good, really good questions, and we're going to try to address some of that. But the primary reason I say this is because, as I said at the beginning of the program, we live in a free nation. That's just where we live. That's the reality. We live here, and this is where God has ordained in his sovereign uh, grace and plan to place us. And in this nation, we have a right to voice our grievances, our concerns, our praises. And so liberty is what allows for that. And our founding fathers, when they put together these, you know, the Bill of Rights, they put together the Constitution, they recognized that those rights came from outside of government. They came from outside themselves, came from something higher and greater. Now, not every, <clears throat> excuse me, not every founding father was a Christian. Many of them were deists. They believed in a, a God of some kind, but they still recognized that those rights came from something alien to us. In other words, God-given. Because of that, because we have those rights and because we have that liberty and because God is seen in his grace and kindness to put us here, I think we have a, a, not only a right but a duty to often, oftentimes express what we know to be true. So that's why I want to talk about this because we have this blessed opportunity to talk about the fact that there is a, there are forces at work attempting to curtail that liberty. One of the things that has made it possible for the Christian church to preach the gospel so freely is liberty. One of the things that has made it possible for the Christian to operate openly is liberty. It is because those rights exist that we have been able to do so much of what we've been able to do in this nation. Of course, because of that, we've also had the flip side. We've had the negative. We've had, because those rights exist, so many who teach falsely, so many who have corrupted the scriptures, so many who have spoken against God, somebody who have blasphemed his name and who have pro promulgated false teaching and even sinful ideologies. And sadly, that's, a, that's just part of living in a nation where liberty exists. But liberty is still a blessing. Liberty is still a good thing. So how, how can I say that liberty's at risk because you've been told to wear a mask? Well, let's put it, let's go back to 2019 and when the COVID-19 virus was being announced and everybody kind of paid attention with a little bit of interest and we began to be concerned that, hmm, this thing seems to be spreading. Hmm, we're hearing some bad things about this. But the general attitude, even amongst the, the leftists in America was, hey, you know, don't you dare really say anything negative about that that's you're blaming the chinese and that's and that's um well it's racist 
um, as it started to make its way into the United States and, and other nations, a little more concern, a little bit more uh, worry became uh, prevalent. But hey, wash your hands, keep your distance. All the things that we always said we should do when any illness began to proliferate around our nation. Cold and flu season, what are you always told to do? Keep your distance, don't breathe on one another, cough into your arm, wash your hands. Common sense things that would help mitigate the spread. When it really became a bit of an issue is when we began to realize this was pretty infectious. Um, the models were very concerning. Now, whether the models were ever actually genuine and whether those numbers were really legitimate is always a huge question and it's something we can get into in another, another discussion. But at the time, the models looked bad. The infection rates were looking pretty serious. And so a lot of decisions had to be made about how are we going to do this? Because if it does do what we are concerned about it doing, if it overwhelms medical systems, wow, we could really see a lot of people die unnecessarily. That was what we were told. So the infamous two weeks to slow the spread. That's when it happened. Just a little over a year ago, I think March of 2020 is when we began to see two weeks to slow the spread. In other words, shut things down. Churches, close your doors. Businesses, except for those that are absolutely necessary, shut down. Do drive-through only. Uh, pick up orders only. Uh, and the infamous determination by... I don't know what just beeped at me. Something in my computer made noise. <laughs> so, my, oh, I see what's happening. He's trying to ask me for updates. I apologize, folks. So the infamous uh, determination of what is considered to be a um, necessary uh, business, a necessary uh, function of society. One of the things that came out of that was, well, churches, you're not necessary. You're not, um, you're not part of the things that we absolutely have to have. Churches, you need to close your doors. And that's when a lot of us as Christians started to be concerned. I know Rich and I talked about it on this program during last year. And there were many churches that shut their doors. Uh, they were told, you know, the churches were being told they weren't essential. That was the big word, right? Essential. And so some churches, they, they felt it best to be good neighbors. They felt it best to honor the Romans 13 command. And they shut their doors. And Rich and I, several times defended those churches because we saw a lot of people attacking churches, basically saying, how dare you? Well, Rich asked an important question back then, and I think it took all of about five weeks before we realized, yeah, that we've already crossed that line. And I think over time, our tone began to change about how we were addressing this. What went from two weeks to slow the spread really did not get undone until early part of 2021. We went from two weeks to two months to six months to nine months down the road. Many businesses still closed, many doors still closed, and in some places like California and others, still totalitarian, dictatorial, authoritarian control of people's lives. Now, you go outside the United States, it's even worse. I mean, my goodness, in, in Australia, they've actually mobilized the military. Yes, they've mobilized the military. If you go outside your house, not only can you incur... Uh, the wrath of the police, you can also be uh, now stopped by the military. So it went from two weeks to slow the spread to how dare you even think you have a right to leave your house in some places. So that's what where we got to in 2021. And then the vaccine came out. Now, interestingly, the vaccine, which was hopefully going to be ready, 
uh, during the 2020 election cycle got delayed and got delayed until after the elections were done. In fact, uh, they didn't really come out until <laughs> until after the inauguration of this year of uh, uh, President absent-minded, excuse me, President uh, Joe Biden. So what happens? We get we have the vaccine comes out. The vaccine, people are starting to get the, take the shot and up, up comes the announcement just a couple months ago, hey, if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Now, we have yet to see the vaccine passport here in the United States that some people are advocating for. So it's really hard to control anybody to keep their mask on if you don't know whether they've genuinely been uh, vaccinated or not. So pretty much everybody pulled their masks off. In fact, I think the only people you saw with masks on were people who had already had the vaccine uh, because they were scared that unvaccinated people were still going to get them sick. Um, Now, what was this? Let's let's cover that for just a moment. What was the point of the mask? Well, the point of the mask was my mask doesn't protect me. My mask keeps me from spitting on you. And your mask keeps you from spitting on me. It's the water droplets. That was the argument again and again and again. If I have water droplets that shoot out of my mouth while I speak, you could potentially be impacted by the COVID virus if I'm one of those mysterious asymptomatic people. Interestingly, from what we've been told time and again throughout history, asymptomatic isn't the issue. It's the person who actually has symptoms. But hey, let's not talk about science, even though we're supposed to trust science. So the masks were about me not spitting on you, you not spitting on me. It was never meant to protect you from the actual incoming virus uh, unless you had a properly fitted, specially designed filtration mask. So your cotton mask was absolutely useless. Yet, the vaccinated people were the ones wearing the mask because, well, I can't trust that someone who doesn't have the vaccine may not get me sick, even though I've been vaccinated. (laughs) So that's how crazy it got. Where are we at now in July of 2021? End of July now, actually, tomorrow is August. Where are we at now? Well, it's now been announced that by the CDC, well... There's this Delta variant, and while we're not actually going through the process of determining who's sick with which variant, um, the Delta variant, well, that's that's a little bit less protected by the uh, by the vaccine, and well, um, vaccinated people have gotten sick, but but by the way, it's mostly the unvaccinated people's fault, but vaccinated people have gotten sick, so everybody goes back into masks whether you've been vaccinated or not. And part and parcel with this is you have many states, including my own, basically saying if you work for the state, in in this case, say, state of Nevada, if you haven't proven that you have a vaccination, we're going to stick a Q-tip up your nose every single week. So you have this overreach. Suddenly, you know, you were to be tested in the past only if there was a concern that you could be sick. Then it was, well, let's make tests available for everybody. Then it was vaccines available for everybody. Well, now not enough people have been vaccinated, so we're going to forcefully test people who haven't been vaccinated because we're not sure you could be a stealth carrier. So now we've gone one step further. Not just get your vaccine. Oh, you haven't got your vaccine. Well, now we're going to test you. Now it's everybody must mask because... The mysterious possible stealth carriers could be the ones causing the vaccinated people to get sick. 
So everybody goes back and masks. Well, anybody with an ounce of common sense can kind of do the math here. The vaccines came out and they were promoted and promoted and promoted. And there's a lot of people for a variety of reasons who just don't feel comfortable taking a vaccine. Now, I'll tell you, I'm not vaccinated. Why? How can I say that? Why would you not want to be vaccinated? Well, I don't have anything against vaccines. I've taken many shots over the years. I've worked in the military. I've worked in other uh, forms of employment. And vaccinations are something we've had to do. Uh, my children, when they were very young, uh, before we uh, began homeschooling, we went through the process of um, doing the, the standard vaccines that kids get. Measles, mumps, rubella, the whole nine yards. I still remember the look on my oldest son's face when he got five shots in his legs. He gave the saddest, most how dare you look to the nurse I've ever seen. I have nothing against vaccines. Here's the thing, though. I don't even take the flu shot. I'm not a big shot person to begin with. I just, I don't like needles. And if I'm going to get sick, I'm going to get sick. But I'm just not big on it. That's just me. It's a personal choice. And then, but... I don't have anything against vaccines. So why this one? Why, why are you so concerned about it? If you're not against vaccines, why would you not take this one? Well, I'm not really fond of a medication that's been prepared in a very short period of time with very, very little testing. Now, it may be perfectly safe. It seems like the vast majority of people who have taken it have been fine. Some people, not so much. Some people have gotten very sick. Some people have had fluid develop on their heart. Some have had very bad reactions. Now, my concern with that is that you have a lot of people who want to say, how dare you bring those possibilities up? Well, every vaccine has that possibility. There are a number of people who take any number of vaccines that have had negative reactions to them. Every medication that's developed, everything that's FDA approved, has a laundry list of side effects. Nobody wants to talk about the possible side effects. Why? Well, because we really don't know what they are. We don't know what possible side effects they are. Why? Because we tested it for three months and the testing is actually going on right now. So when people bring these concerns up, what happens? Well, the news media, the politicians and social media locks down all the information. You get blocked, you get shut down, you get told you're not allowed to share that. That could do what? Destroy confidence in the vaccine. Well, if you want to destroy, if you want to destroy counter narratives, if you want to destroy any discussion, if you want to control the only narratives and make it sound like this is this perfectly beautiful vaccine, that really doesn't help my confidence levels at all. So that's why I don't want to do it. I, I'd rather see a little bit more testing. And honestly, if I get sick, I get sick. That's just reality. That's the life that we the, that I live. Um, you can't protect me from everything. I, I work in an environment where I'm exposed to all kinds of illnesses. And quite honestly, that's just the risk that I take by working in that particular field. It is risk. So we are now at the point where you have a government that is using everything in its power to shame, divide, and destroy the freedoms and the liberties that we have. And it is doing so by saying you can't speak against these things. It's doing so by punishing people, by saying you have to wear a mask, by you if you don't take the COVID vaccine, you're going to uh, have to be tested, by shutting down schools, by shutting down businesses. These, this, these are the things that the government was never allowed to have. They were never supposed to be able to interfere in a person's personal life in this way. And so we are watching 
tyranny in the name of protecting ourselves. It's tyranny still. So that's why I wrote this. We live in a time, in a place when you can't even say, I don't know if I trust the COVID vaccine without Facebook, Twitter, and everybody else wanting to shut you down. And by the way, I've, I've spoken about this on a previous episode, but you really should listen to Andrew Rappaport's program, The Rap Report, where he talks about uh, the government's plan to deal with domestic terrorism, which is basically if you are a white Western uh, Christian male who believes that there's only two <laughs> genders, if you question the concerns about COVID, if you um, believe that the government is experiencing overreach, well, that's that's what they're defining as a domestic terrorist. If you wonder about the about the 2020 election, you, know, you could be a domestic terrorist. And one of the things that they're doing is they are working with public partners. In other words, people like social media and co other companies, uh, phone providers, etc., to spy on you and report back to the government. I'd encourage you to listen to that. I'll, I'll, if I remember when I go to edit this up, I'll throw the link in there. But I would I'd recommend you check it out because you have a government that is now using things like Facebook and Twitter and others to you know, review what you post. I'm shocked that so far this post has yet to be taken down. It, it probably will be uh, before too much time goes further. But the reason I wrote that is I've had people say, well, you're, you're, you're worried about tyranny because you're being made to mask and social distance? Well, it's not just simply the mask and social distance. Remember that this was a government all across the United States that basically said, mm, we're going to shut down businesses. We're going to shut down churches. Uh, you had people who were arrested or threatened with legal action, sometimes taken to court because they held church. You had businesses that were shut down, doors that were locked, and people taken to jail because they didn't want to close a gym. You now have a government that is saying, well, we're going to lift all those restrictions because y'all were such good children. Oh, wait, not enough of you were. And you are now going back into masks. Now we're talking about federal mandates for the vaccines. Federal employees could be required to have vaccines. Uh, the Biden administration has openly said they are not against lockdowns should the CDC recommend them. So we are looking at the government returning back to what we were doing a year ago. The government, which says, if you get, if, because people could get sick, we have the right to take away your freedom. We have the right to tell you to stay indoors and not come out. We have the right to shut down your business, to close your church, close your schools. That's what I'm talking about when I say tyranny. Tyranny because we're concerned about risk. Now, what about this issue of risk? Well, Chris, it is dangerous. People are getting sick. People have died. You're absolutely right. And uh, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying to be any kind of callous rejection of the idea that we should be concerned about those things. But let's understand what risk is. We live in a fallen world. Death and disease have come into this world because of sin. The wages of sin is death. The world was negatively impacted by sin coming into the world. So illness, no matter what we do, will always be present. Now, I'm not saying we should have a cavalier attitude and, you know, devil may care, who cares if I get sick kind of mindset. I think we should always be careful and we should always do what we can to keep ourselves well so we can provide for our family, so we can do the work that God has called us to. I don't think we, you know, it's, you don't go running into traffic just because you feel like God's not going to kill you today. So why not? Um, you, you make smart choices. And I think we should. Uh, we all have family members or friends who have 
additional uh, health issues that can be complicated by getting sick. And so I think wisdom requires, and, and kindness and love requires, that we show common sense. Of course, common sense died a miserable death in this nation quite a long time ago, but again, another story. So, well, Chris, if, if you think that illness is bad and people could die from it, why are you so concerned that the government wants us to do what are, we, I think are common sense things? Well, let's, let's talk about those common sense things. Viral infections don't go away. They mutate. Why do we have different flu shots every year? Why not the same flu shot? Well, because every time we put a new flu shot and we help raise antibodies and we help fight off infection, viruses mutate. That's what viruses do. In fact, because antibodies are <laughs> introduced into our system, because of things like flu shot vaccines, etc., viruses mutate. So it's kind of an endless cycle. We fight the virus, the virus changes, we have to fight it again, the virus changes, but we've never eradicated it. You can't eradicate a respiratory infection. So why does that matter? Well, because every single year, people die from flu, people die from bronchitis, people die from uh, pneumonia. They die from these illnesses because the viruses exist and the viruses continue to mutate. Now, that doesn't mean that I should show no care for the death of those individuals. Every single person who is made in the image and likeness of Christ who passes in this life, it's a painful loss for the people who lose that person. And sadly, some many, great many of those people who die, die without Christ and they go to hell. So should I be concerned? Yes. But can I stop it? That's the question. Should I care that people have lost someone they love? Yes. Can I stop it? That's the question. And right now we're acting as if masks, which are very questionable as far as how effective they genuinely are, social distancing, okay, fair enough if you keep your uh, distance when you don't feel well from somebody, um, shutting down businesses, well, we've not needed to do that for flu, bronchitis, pneumonia, etc. So why this one? Well, Chris, it's a dangerous pandemic virus. Okay, yeah, it was a, it was a respiratory illness, which its origins are a bit questionable right now. Um, that spread very quickly. Why? Well, it was a respiratory illness that many of us had never been exposed to before. And as it went from person to person to person, it does what respiratory illnesses do. It infects. Well, a great many people have been exposed. A great many people have gotten sick. Um, the vast majority of those individuals have gotten better. Some have had lasting effects, which the flu, bronchitis, pneumonia, all do that to people, by the way. Um, but none of that is being discussed. Why? Why are we not talking about this particular virus in relation to how other viruses act? And I believe the reason is very simple for that. We need to take that and remove that context so that the only thing that we see is COVID is bad. Never mind that the vast majority, 99.9% .9 of people, 98.8, 99.7, whatever you want to you know, say, depending on your how you view the stats, the vast majority of people survive like they do with the flu, with bronchitis, and with pneumonia. Well, millions of people around the world died. Yes, they did. Very tragically as they do with the flu, with bronchitis, and with pneumonia, and various other illnesses, infections, etc. So, why are we concentrating solely on one? Well, let me just take give you this thought. If you took the flu, let's just say influenza A, and isolated 
that that infection. And I isolated the number of people who went to the hospital, isolated the number of people who are on intensive care treatment, isolated the number of people who die because they've gotten sick with the flu and they've had underlying conditions and they ended up dying. And you isolate those numbers from every other illness and infection rate. How bad would that look? Very bad. No question. In fact, especially when we have very bad flu seasons, when we did not rightly put together a flu shot that would actually fight the infection, because that happens. Um, flu shots are a bit of a guessing game sometimes, it seems. And um, sometimes it's just not a good not a good shot. It just doesn't work. Shockingly, kind of like the COVID vaccine. Sometimes they just don't work as well as we'd hoped. It's kind of how medicine ha works. It doesn't always work the way we want it to. So we've isolated the infections and we've isolated the, the illnesses and uh, hospitalizations and death rates from everything else. Why? For fear. See, if you isolate and you put up only those numbers and you say that this is what's going on, well, you create a great deal of fear. And fearful people are easier to dictate to, to control, to guide in the direction that you want. It's just what, how that works. It's, it's been historical application of, of uh, authoritarian figures for generations. What did Hitler manage to do? got everybody to fear the Jews, right? The Jews are not people. The Jews are taking things away from you. The Jews are the people that are doing horrible things and creating all these problems for, this, uh, for the people of Germany. Fear is a powerful motivator. Well, that's not fair. You're using Hitler in comparison to a worldwide pandemic. I'm using what the technique that Hitler used in comparison to what our rulers and, and, and leaders have been doing. Different scenarios to be sure, but the technique is the same. So it's not simply about masks and social distancing, as one person put. It's about watching the pattern of behavior. That we have a society that has become enamored with fear, made it a virtue, and is allowing itself to be manipulated, to be controlled. And now, you have to go back to the story, you have to wear a mask. <laughs> Um, I guarantee you within weeks, we're probably going to see more lockdowns just simply by watching what's coming across the news. We've had um, officials within the White House in press conferences say, well, if, you know, they're asked a specific question. If the CDC were to recommend, well, you know, if the experts say it, we'll consider it. You've had people ask Joe Biden directly if this is you know, what they recommend. Well, it's looking that way. So it's being said, it's being done. All by isolating a certain amount of information, painting it as the worst case scenario and literally making it the only thing that we talk about and then telling you how you must live. What, you, what is essential, what is not. Where you can go, where you can't. What can be open, what can be closed and when and how you must be treated medically. That is tyranny. And it's all held out with a little particular carrot on the stick called freedom. It was Biden himself who said, oh, well, if you do everything that you're supposed to do, we might have a small celebration for July 4th. I don't know if anybody remembers that. That's July 4th is a celebration of what? Oh, that's right. Liberty, the freedom of our nation, the day we threw off the shackles 
of tyranny and became a nation of ourselves. So we celebrate freedom by telling you if you do everything the government says, you can have a small celebration of freedom. Does that ring odd to you? It does to me. So tyranny in the name of protecting ourselves is tyranny still. It may not be what we're people are experiencing in Australia and other nations. Australia, you are in my prayers, by the way, uh, to activate the military so that people will not leave their homes. My goodness. I, this is where our nation is headed. It's a matter of time before we see the American political system attempt to use the same techniques. And if you think that can never happen, you're simply, I'm sorry, I hate to say this, you're deluding yourself. Look at where we are now. Look at where we were 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 100 years ago. Would your grandparents, their their parents or grandparents, could have, they have imagined us today being told, you can't go to the store unless you put a mask on your face? Um, we are considering things like vaccine passports to just be able to travel. That if you don't do these things, we could shut you down. Can you imagine that? That's why it's a concern. Risk is real. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world with illness, sickness, death, disease. And to live is to take the chance that you can be impacted by any of these. To live free is to say, I know that somebody who lives next door to me may not take the best course of action today. But I don't, I'm not going to demand that the government control that person so I live comfortably. Does that make sense? I think some people don't think that makes sense. I think some people think, how dare we? How dare we as Christians demand freedom? How dare we not want other people to be safe? And I understand that to an extent. I don't want there to be lawlessness in the land. I don't want people to be hurt and harmed by people who seek to go out and do the worst possible that they can do. I believe there's a, a, a place for government. I believe that there's a place for protecting the innocent and punishing the evildoer. The very things that Roman thir Romans 13 says that the government is required to do by God. That's the authority that they work in. However, that is the lane that, that they're given. They are not to be an, a, pe a people who just arbitrarily decide, well, this is now the law of land, or this is the new policy, or this is how you can live freely if you just take the jab, if you just put the mask on your face, if you just shut down for this length of time. Those are not within the realm of authority for the government. God has said you are to protect the innocent and punish the evildoer. You are not given the authority to simply tell people you have to do this, that, or the other thing when it comes to your personal health choices. And by the way, for the person who says, oh, I'm so glad you're in favor of my body, my choice, that must mean you're pro-abortion. Are you crazy? No, I'm not, because that's not your body. That's somebody else's body inside a person's body. That is a child, a living being. So no, I don't conflate those two. That's a discussion you're not going to want to go down that path with me on. So, we freedom is something worth defending. Freedom to live your life in such a way that you are seeking to honor God without having the government coming down on you 
and telling you how to live and shutting down your church and, and forcing you not to sing or forcing you not to take communion or forcing you not to hug on your brother who needs your your love and compassion because COVID. And by the way, all of those things were told to people in churches. All those things were told to churches. Uh, if you don't think that was happening, what rock were you living under? It was in the news every day. Um, that's still tyranny. And freedom is still important because we want to be able to worship God openly. We want to be able to proclaim his gospel to everyone and everywhere. So for the Christian standing up and saying, this is wrong, you shouldn't do this, how dare you? Get back in your lane, government, this is not your authority to do. That is a Christian duty. That is a, the right of a Christian to speak. So to, to address the individual who uh, responded to me, and the poor guy got ratioed something fierce. I'm sorry, when you get James White, almost go Martin Luther on you. <laughs> James, that was beautiful, by the way. Uh, I had an individual who told me straight up that um, he didn't, he thought I was basically out of line. In fact, I'll read it to you. And I don't, I'm not reading it to shame the man. I, I just want to bring some clarity. I try to leave his name out of this because I wasn't looking to cause him problems. His response to me was to say, so we're living under a cruel and oppressive government because we wear masks and social distance. This whining should be so beneath the follower of, of the crucified Christ. Well, I hope over the last 45 minutes I've kind of made a case for why uh, we I'm not whining. I'm actually expressing a genuine concern here. And I, I know it's been a bit off the cuff and I, I'm not sitting here with a bunch of notes and, and citing from the founding fathers and citing from this portion of scripture. I'm hoping that uh, as a Christian who's read the word of God and, under, you know, and, and uh, proclaims the word of God and has been paying attention for the last year, uh, maybe made a case that was a little bit clear why I wrote this. So I'm not whining. Believe me, I wore masks. In fact, I've ordered a mask that'll be very entertaining. Should people read it? <laughs> I have to go to the Costco on, on, a, on a given day because they're not going to let me in the door if I don't. And sometimes I need to get that pallet of water. Um, but I've worn a mask. I stayed home when I didn't need to. you know. But I did so because I was trying to be a good citizen. I did those things. But now I'm paying attention to what the government's doing. And I recognize this is meant to shame and divide and push people to do exactly what the government wants it to do before the next step, which is to mandate no matter what. And I can assure you that's coming. So I do so not to whine, but to warn, to express our my genuine concern that we are a nation that was once free, but is not so much anymore. And we are on a dangerous path to tyranny. Why? Why, isn't that beneath a, a, a Christian who should be concerned more about the gospel? Well, again, going back to what Romans 13 has said, that government is allowed to do, it has a lane that it's allowed to be in, and it's exceeded that authority. It's actually rebelling against God by assuming an authority not given it. Um, I think that is, a, that is a biblical concern, to speak back to the government and say, this is wrong. You can't mandate these things to people and you can't tell them that they can't be free because there's too much risk when life is risk at all points. There is no risk-free life. There is no way that we can eliminate a viral infection. There's no way that we can prevent people from getting sick. We can do common sense things that we've always done for decades, but we can't make it go away by wishful thinking 
and we certainly can't make it go away by totalitarian rule. So what they know that, you know that, I know that, there's some very useful idiots, and that's a legitimate phrase, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry if somebody gets offended by its use, but it's a legitimate phrase. There are some very useful idiots who think that, well, if we just submit to the government, this will magically disappear. And what they've done is they've given in to an authoritarian, tyrannical regime that will seek to take away even more freedom. And if you do all the things that the government demands today, trust me, it's not going to be enough for tomorrow, or the next day, or the next week, or the next year. Am I advocating we go on armed rebellion? Of course not. But I want people to see that we have the, the very precious freedoms that we once fought, bled, and died for are almost gone. And we're doing so willingly because we're scared. We're scared of sickness. And for the Christian, we shouldn't be scared of sickness. We should recognize, yes, we take appropriate measures. Yes, we show um, due care. Don't go over to grandma's house when you got a fever, sniffling, coughing. If you can uh, avoid going to work, then don't. You know, not all jobs, by the way, allow you sick leave. Saw a sign for uh, McDonald's that basically said, don't care if you're sick, you have a shift to fill, and if you're not going to be here, you better find somebody to fill it for you. Some businesses are a little heartless that way. I get that. But as much as you can, if you're sick, stay home. You know? It's common sense. We don't want to make people sick if we can avoid it. But you can't completely avoid it. It's going to happen. And we live in a society that has become so scared of illness that the slightest sniffle... I mean, my goodness, you take your child to the park and if one of your kids sneeze, watch the moms grab their kids and run. <laughs> I mean, it just gets that bad. Um, if they let them out of the house to begin with. Um it's just gotten that bad. We're so scared of illness. But we live in a fallen world filled with sickness and death. And we don't celebrate it. We don't think it's no big deal. We just recognize it to be true. And we take the risk because we still live. We take the risk because we still want to go out and proclaim the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the people in the world. We take the risk because we still want to provide for our families. We take the risk because we still want to celebrate our risen Christ with the saints. Life is risk, and we cannot avoid it. We cannot shut everything down in hopes that we can completely mitigate all risk. It won't happen. To live in this world is to live at risk. And to live as a Christian is to recognize I live in a world of risk, but one day there will be no risk. One day I will live freely without concern, fear, sadness, pain, discomfort, tears, because I will live with Jesus Christ for eternity. And so while I am here, I use common sense. I certainly don't try to you know, uh, you know, make people sick. I certainly don't try to hurt people or make their lives miserable. But I know that as I live here, I will be at risk and others will be at risk. And I will do everything in my power to make it good and, uh, and, and right with people. But I will not be tied to my bedroom in fear. And yet that's the society we live in. That is the government mandate, is that you must live in fear. Folks, that's why I think it's important for the Christian to step up and say, no, this is wrong. To speak against the government, to speak with your vote, to speak 
and protest. Do I think we need to arm rebellion? Eh, I'm not going to go there. Do I think we need to uh, do the Antifa BLM thing? No, absolutely not. I think all of that's sinful. How do we do it? You know, that's something each Christian is going to have to decide. But you live in a nation that was once very free, that is not so free anymore. Churches have been told to shut their doors, and I suspect it's going to happen again. I don't think we're far away from it. I had hoped we would not go back down that path, but they're talking about it. And you have some states that are still ruling with an iron fist. New York, California, and others. And you do so because you live in a world that has doesn't want to live with risk. And it wants the government to solve all the problems. So how are you going to stand against that? How will you... Stand for freedom and for liberty, yet still seek to honor God. I think we can do both. I think we can honor God when we speak against a government that acts sinfully, that acts in rebellion to the authority God has given it. And I think we can do that, and I think we should. So, what are you going to do? How are you going to respond? That's a choice you have to make. I think we start by at least getting down on our knees and praying for this nation, praying for repentance. I think we start by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ while we still have time, because as my brother Rich often says, if you won't speak for the gospel now, what makes you think you'll do so when it's illegal? And by the way, that's coming. That's another subject for another time, but you know, you do understand there's a thing called hate speech that they want to enforce on everything that isn't approved by the government, right? Because that's coming. So... Pray, preach the gospel, go to church, make disciples, start there, and then speak to the government, speak to those who are uh, casting their votes, speak to the candidates who are voting for elections, speak to them about the liberties that they that are being taken from us day by day. By the way, tyranny doesn't usually start as a full-on iron fist. It usually starts in small areas. So anybody who goes, well, this isn't tyranny. This isn't uh, dictatorship. Open a history book and see what people like Hitler started doing. See, Hitler actually tried to do a bit of a rebellion, and he went to prison for that. And then when he came out, different tactic. He worked within the governmental system. He recognized that full-on rebellion didn't work quite as well as he thought it would. So he worked within the system, and he bit by bit, change by change getting the things that he wanted into place. And then before you knew it, Nazi Germany was the power that it was. Great many dictatorships started in the shadows, started in the fringes and the edges. And before long, everybody went, what just happened? And that's what I think we are. I think we're in that transition point. I think we are seen with the advent of using medical tyranny to say, well, this is how you have freedom to mold and shape how we think is the transition point. So the question becomes, do we stand against it or do we accept it? Because we're good little Christians and this isn't important enough to stand up against. I think it, I think we should stand against it. You're going to have to determine to what extent. 
you're going to have to determine where you make that draw that line. I recommend with what I said before, prayer, preach the gospel, celebrate with the saints, make disciples, and then address it with the, your governing body. That's where I think it starts. And then from there, you're going to have to decide with the, uh, you know, with the local church, with your pastors, with your fellow Christians, what steps further you would go. But I don't think we sit down and be quiet. I think we need to speak. So that's why I wrote what I wrote. Um, tyranny in the name of protecting us from ourselves is tyranny still. I said that a few times now. And I think it's important for the Christian to recognize that. I think it's important for the Christian to stand up against that. But what happens when it all does fail? Because one day it will. What happens if we do end up under tyrannical rule? Well, folks, we have brethren around the world that are under tyrannical rule in China, in North Korea, Middle East, other nations. They worship their God. They praise his name. They make disciples. One day you're going to be faced with that choice. One day you may live under a completely tyrannical regime. How do you have joy then? Right now we can fight and hopefully win. But what if that fails? Did we lose? No, not at all. We haven't lost at all. We have still gained so much more than this world can ever have to offer. So let me leave you with this particular piece of joy. Your Savior, Jesus Christ, came to this world, took on human flesh, lived a life of perfection in all ways, thought, word, and deed, completely fulfilling the law of God. Did everything you couldn't do for 30 seconds, he did for his entire life on this earth, some 33 years. Then willingly, purposefully, went to the cross. Why? So that he could pay the price for sinners, that he could take the wrath of God upon himself on the cross, that sinners who deserve to be eternally punished, eternal wrath of God upon them in hell, their punishment could be put out on him so that he could die, go to the grave, and then raise again. And then those who would turn from their sin to repent and put their faith in the completed work of Jesus Christ, trusting that the God of heaven came down, took on humanity, and died for them so that their penalty could be paid, put their faith in that, trusting in him and his completed work, could receive what? His righteousness. The great exchange, our sin, our debt on him, his righteousness upon us. So that when we leave this world, we would forever be in the presence of our Savior. That's your joy. We have to be in awe of God. We have to be in awe of Jesus Christ. We recognize what he did for us. We recognize the grace and the mercy poured out upon us. And that one day, none of this would matter. Tyranny won't matter because we won't be there anymore. Enslavement won't matter because we won't be here anymore. Pain, suffering, illness, and death, we won't have it anymore. Our eyes must be eternally fixed on Christ. Why do I say we start the fight by being on our knees? Because we bow to the Savior who has promised us eternal freedom in Him. That we would worship Him. That we would be with Him. 
We get on our knees because of him. We pray because of him. We worship because of him. We proclaim him. That is your joy. If you're like me, you've been terribly dismayed by the events of the last year. You may work in a field like I do where I'm getting told, hey, when you come to work, if you don't have the shot, you're going to get a Q-tip shoved up your nose. Hey, if you don't have, you know, it doesn't matter. Now you have to wear a mask because, hey, we work for XYZ company or XYZ government uh, entity or state or federal. You may be told these things and it may just be breaking your heart. But if you are in Christ, you have something greater than this. And your joy is fixed there. Yes, live in this world. Yes, fight for the freedoms in this world. Yes, proclaim the gospel in this world. But your joy is in Christ alone. And that's an area I struggle with. I know many probably who feel that way. But I say this as somebody not who's figured it out, but someone who has to preach it to himself minute by minute. Not even day by day, but like minute by minute. I say this because it matters. And we need to focus on that. Fight while you can. I think we should. But recognize it's simply of the world. And whether we have freedom or we have enslavement, we are in Christ. And now if you've listened to this because you're somebody who suddenly saw my post on Twitter or something like that, and then you see that I've posted a podcast episode addressing this and you want to listen to this, but yet you are not in Christ, I beg you. Your freedom here means nothing compared to what will happen to you outside of Jesus Christ. You will go to hell. And you may be offended by that, but I have to tell you the truth. Without Jesus Christ, every sin you've ever done in thought, word, or deed will be judged on Judgment Day. You will stand before God. Every one of those thoughts that you may have everybody else fooled. You may, you may seem like you are the greatest guy in the world. You are the nicest gal ever met. But it won't matter. Because God sees the heart. He sees everything about you. He sees everything that has gone through your mind, every thought, every word, everything, every sin, every sin done in darkness. It is as bright as day to him. You have no hope outside of Jesus Christ. You can win every freedom possible in this nation. You could restore us back to a great democratic republic. But guess what? You will go to hell. You can run for office. You can kick Biden out. You can get the liberals out of Washington. You can restore freedom. And guess what? You will still go to hell because you have sinned against your almighty God. And you can sit there and say, Chris, I don't believe in any of that. Doesn't matter. You commit a burglary and you go to court. It doesn't matter if you tell the judge you don't believe in him and don't believe in the laws of your state. You're going to jail. You just try to walk out of that courtroom. You ain't getting far. Try to flee from Christ. You will not get far. Try to flee from the judgment to come. You will not get far. The most important thing that we can do as Christians, by the way, is preach the gospel. Freedom or no freedom. Liberty or no liberty. We must preach the gospel. We must make disciples of every nation. We must call people to repentance in Christ. Without that, freedom means nothing. Because freedom in this life is simply a comfortable pillow to lay upon until you, uh, uh, on your trip to hell. But the person who lives in the, under the most tyrannical regime who is in Christ is freer than any man in America. 
So yes, I believe I've spent over an hour talking about why it's important that we stand against tyranny. But if it's all gone tomorrow, and it may well be, we still got to proclaim Christ because there are still people dying and going to hell. So folks, I hope this was an uh, interesting podcast for you. I hope it made you think. Um, don't mind if you don't agree with me. That's fine. I'm I, I really not uh, doing this to force anybody to believe what I'm saying. I just want you to hear what I'm thinking. Um, I just want you to give consideration to where we're at. We live in a world of risk, and we can't make those risks go away. And certainly, giving a sinful government, and I can say that because it's populated with sinful people, just like any other entity in the uh, an organization in the world. It's populated with sinful people, so a sinful government can't make uh, sinful people sinless. <laughs> and it can't solve all those problems, and it cannot take the risk of a fallen world away. Only God can do that. So depending upon that fallen sinful government to solve the, uh, the risk issue is never going to happen. And the more authority we give to them to do so, the more it becomes tyranny. So I hope that's what I was able to explain. I hope that helped a little bit. I hope it makes you understand where I'm coming from and why I think this is an important matter. Um, but none of it matters in light of where we stand before Christ because that's eternity. We might benefit the, uh, the, the rule of uh, uh, law in our land for a lifetime. Eternity is forever. It does not end. So what stand for what is true, stand for what is right, stand for liberty, so that we may continue to be a free people, pr freely proclaiming the gospel. But if tyranny is the, the, the rule of the day and we, we all end up being ruled like a, a dictatorship, we still proclaim Christ. So folks, I hope that was helpful. I hope that benefited you. I'm sorry I couldn't have my brother Rich with me. Uh, he's just having a rough go right now. Uh, if, if you'd pray for him and pray for a situation, I'd really be grateful. Uh, if, th if this particular posting is helpful to you, let me know. If you find it utterly um, ridiculous, that's fine too. You, again, you can email me, voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com. Uh, I will tell you, if you're offended by it, there's a real simple way to ignore anything I've ever had to say, and that's just not follow me on social media. And I say that because I'm not going to change in that regard. Uh, what I've been saying now is what I've been saying for years. And if you want to do as the one gentleman did, kind of just lambast me, I will give you that same answer. Now, if you have questions, if you want to have an actual conversation, hey, I got no issue with that. I will be more than happy to hear from you. But uh, just understand if, you're, if your goal is to just troll me and, and you know take issue with me because how dare I think these things and not do groupthink... <laughs> I, I don't have to respond. I'm not obligated to. I, I do talk to people who are genuinely interested in what I have to say. I don't. You don't have to agree with me. That's fine. But I will not. I will not entertain fools lightly. Sorry. That's just how it goes. Um, but anyway, if this program has been beneficial, consider sharing it. If uh, if you go, Chris, I don't you ever do one of these programs again? That's fine too. I don't have a problem with that. Hearing that, uh, just let me know voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com and anything that was said on this program that bothered you, that's my fault. Okay, that Don't blame Rich. Don't blame the program in general. That's just the one guy who got to have the microphone to himself today. So God bless you guys. I hope to hear from you. We look forward to seeing you next time and keep Rich in your prayers and he will be back with us next week. God bless. Good night. We'll see you again.